Hi, and welcome to The Connected Generation. My name is Nikia Anani, and I am your host. This week's episode, we have a great special guest, Kate Bright, who is the founder of Umbra International Group, where they help family offices and private offices in creating what they term as secure lifestyle. Very pioneering and innovative. They have come up with a concept which is essentially the confluence between security and lifestyle. In this episode, Kate and I um, really unpacked her work and what has become so clear to me is that security is really about peace of mind. That's what it's all about, whether it's security in terms of cyber security or physical security or emotional security. How can we achieve peace of mind, inner peace during a time in our world of such external turmoil, whether it be pandemic, whether it be social injustice, whether it be geopolitical tension. So thoroughly recommend it. Tune in and enjoy. Hi, Kate. Thank you so much for coming on to the Connected Generation podcast today. It's great to have you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So you founded Umbra. Can you just tell us more about your journey into into that and why you decided to launch Umbra? So um, I have to, full, full, full caveat, I think um, uh, the, the, the sort of end result of Umbra is very much a, a, was a, the end of a journey rather than a sort of planned journey. It was a happy journey that's, that's led me to setting up my own business. But um, it started 20 years ago, really, when I left university and spent 15 years working in uh, family, what we now call family office here in the UK. Um, and I absolutely loved it. I loved the fact that I was uh, jumping straight from uni into working in, a, in really sort of interesting family environments. I worked for some really interesting families across the generations. Um, and I spent 15 years. Uh, I started as a, a PA, a personal assistant. So, um, and any personal assistants out there, it's, it's the hardest job in the world um, because you're you're managing all the different facets of a of sort of administrative logistical complexity. Um, and I, I gradually over the years saw that there was a real sort of needle that, that I had struggled when I was setting when I was I was working uh, on the client side with this word security. Um, and I'd worked alongside some of the best security teams in the world. Um, and, and about sort of 10 years into my career, I realized that security wasn't just a sort of component that was at one side. It was actually interwoven through everything we did every day. So fast forward then uh, five years later in terms of the business, we call it secure lifestyle. But back then I was just frustrated that you would be hiring for your family and your family's team in one silo and then getting good advisory in, 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 in another silo. And then this, this sort of idea of security was, as I say, in, in, in one corner. And so the business that I've now set up aimed to kind of bring those silos together. So the journey was very much accidental. I actually was asked by one of my heads of security to do my bodyguard training. So I, um, I was working with a family at the time whereby I had a two-week period of time where I could go and do some of the practical coursework and the, and the training. 
Um, and that for me was the genesis moment. I'd had this experience uh, working in the, in the family office environment. And then suddenly I'd, I'd been able to do this training. And anyone that also has worked as a sort of personal assistant and chief of staff knows that the opportunities for actually going and doing any training are quite limited. Um, so for me, I suddenly had this whole new appreciation of that siloed function and I started to sort of weave it more and more into the, the into the everyday so you know, if we were hiring new team members I'd do it in a very much more security focused way you know in, in looking at people's backgrounds in a different way making sure that trusted people were coming into uh, my, my family's environment um, so I can't really claim that there was a sort of a light bulb moment other than the fact that having undertaken this particular form of training, the close protection training, as we call it here in the UK, I suddenly, the phone started ringing from my clients, friends of friends and my extended network with this new sort of area of expertise that I had sort of looked at. Um, and then the business started to set itself up. So uh, yeah, as I say, I can't, I can't claim to uh, have, have planned the last 20 years, but it certainly came from deep understanding of working within the, the sort of the family environments that I worked with. Awesome, awesome. So really security and all encompassing and looking at it more broadly and embedded in different aspects of a family's life as opposed to just in a corner. So what, what does Umbra look like today? What, what services do you provide to families? So think of it a bit like a, a private office environment particularly focused on security so almost like property management but for security and what we call secure lifestyle so those three silos that I mentioned are actually the three parts of the business as it is today so Umbra Select is where clients come to us globally um, international clients to hire personnel whether that's your uh, house staff estate staff private office family office staff security teams we can do all of that function under in one one uh, remit, if you like. Uh, Umbra Advise, as it suggests, an advisory function. So people kind of on their first steps of their journey, perhaps younger clients wanting to come to us to ask for the best signposting, the best advice, a bit like being the PA that I was, only on a more of a sort of multi-client basis. Um, and then Umbra Secure, which is our security concierge. So uh, a lot of the projects that we run uh, are as I say that property management style approach so we will manage, manage a project for somebody going through a, a disruption such as um, moving countries here to the UK or uh, out of the UK to another country lots of relocation happening at the moment due to uh, what's happening in the world um, and so that for us is a very kind of reactive service so uh, people coming to us with problems that they need to solve um, so today the business is uh, UK focused so uh, based here in the UK but very much reaching all the way over to sort of west coast US and, and all the way back around to, to Singapore so I felt like if you if you call your business uh, anything international you really have to kind of uh, uh, stack up so um, clients from all over the world and uh, as I say a UK centric approach that way we can also be now, um, not GMT anymore, but uh, uh, we're in the middle of that sort of, we're able to speak to clients left and right. So um, a lot of uh, clients across the generation. So a lot of younger clients now coming to us, particularly will come on to the sort of the time, the crazy time we're living in right now. Um, but the business today is basically a, a sort of reformulated uh, uh, from my experience of working 
on a sort of one client side it's now we work for sort of, we re represent multiple clients across the world um so yeah small team we have a base in central london and and our our tentacles are spread uh, uh, globally incredible really interesting work so secure lifestyle is at the heart of everything you do what does that mean what exactly is a secure lifestyle mean can you unpack that a little yeah so 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 as i said i was i was it was when I was working in my sort of previous incarnation, as I say, security was always in this, this, this corner. What we've done is we put two words together that don't normally go together because in my experience and that of my teams, if you don't weave in to the everyday, a sense of security, then you're leaving it as one function. You're leaving it almost as an afterthought. Um, we, we sort of, we've kind of come up with a kind of more of a, a definition of um, an ability to live in today's world in a way that is commensurate with your own feeling of safety, um, you know, a knowledge and understanding of your own sense of security. And so I think that's particularly pertinent because no one person, whatever their uh, profile in terms of whether they're, they're captains of industry or whether they're um, you know, in the sports media entertainment world versus someone who's, who's extremely private, everyone has a different layer and a level of expectation of a feeling and a sense of safety and security so for us it's very much this making it accessible making it everyday making it relevant um, and also I think with security that that's a word that kind of almost gives you anxiety even saying it because it implies something's gone wrong how about we switch that to a really proactive preemptive mindset and really sit with our clients talk understand how do you want to live your life you know, do you want to be at one end of the spectrum of, of sort of disempowering by putting a lot of what we call a gilded cage around someone's life? Or actually, do you want to understand the process? And so a lot, lot of our time is spent actually uh, deconflicting some of the terminology. We have, a, we have a no acronym policy in the team. And you get a fine if you're using any anything that's sort of vaguely uh, complex. And I, I think I can relate to it to my colleagues in in uh, finance as well in that respect, because um, it can seem quite bewildering when you're you're talking in a sort of quite specific technical language. So we have a a ban on any of that that sort of um, uh, language being used, so that that actually. Uh, it, it allows our clients to reflect on that 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 feeling and that that what's relevant to them, and I, and it starts with us as well. And we're doing a lot of work with private client facing teams and companies and businesses um, to actually um, have for all of us a sense of secure lifestyle. Whoever we are, um, this this feeling that we're actually working with our clients and actually being able to pick up on times where they might be struggling and actually add more value to the whole kind of proposition whether you're working in a private client law a legal infrastructure or wealth management investment to actually be part of a bigger community where you have an idea and an understanding of your own sense of security I think can be quite a powerful thing when it then comes together we can also start looking out for our clients but also looking out for for ourselves uh, and each other which is really really uh, a really great thing so it's a sort of we're trying to um see it as more of a movement um, and something mm. that becomes synonymous with our work um, and uh, and still have really good kind of long lasting outcomes. And that that mm. lifestyle word, I think, reflects the fact that we're working not just with one one issue in isolation, but seeing a whole family, a whole story and a whole journey. Um, it's very so, pioneering yeah. and innovative to the confluence of security and lifestyle. Really, really interesting. 
And it's also really interesting to think of security relating to people and the person as well as, you know, the practicalities of it. How do you see emotional well-being? What role does that play in helping to create a secure lifestyle in light of this geopolitical context we find ourselves in in our increasingly complex world? I, th- I think well, you sort of you're, you're, what you're referring to there. I think this what we've always said is that your sense of security is the sum of the parts of your feeling of feeling of mental your, your, your ability to understand your mental fitness in its, its rawest form, which seems like quite a, a kind of conceptual, almost sort of holistic uh, uh, construct to, to talk about. But actually, um, you know, if you're able to. I think through challenging times, have an understanding of where you feel stress points are, then we've all had moments where we've seen things that perhaps aren't there. And I think this sense of paranoia, it's very easy, particularly during times of high stress for that to build. And that actually part of our job is to unpack that, uh, signpost to specialists that can help from a mental fitness point of view. For me personally, it's through business coaching, for me to understand my sense of where I sit in this sort of ever-shifting, changing world that we're in. And and prior to this time as well, I think an understanding of where you might be in that spectrum, what support you need. We do it for our physical fitness. We have a team of specialists that from whether we're working with nutritionists or personal trainers, why not do that in terms of mental fitness? And I think some of the best projects that we've worked on and are working on are where we're all in a trusted team Uh, able to then help our clients understand that. And I think that is a kind of core principle for us that we want to work on projects where we've been cerebral from the outset and made sure that, again, going feeding back into this idea that um, a sense of security is within within us all. We just have external vectors at play at the moment, particularly, that will destabilize that. So let's be part of the solution, not feed into the problem, if that makes sense. Totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. And what changes are you seeing with your clients, you know, when they've actually taken the time to care and to equip themselves with a more secure lifestyle? What impact does it have on their lives? Well, it's funny, we were doing a piece for Forbes last week and um, asked exactly the same question. And we came up with a sort of like a really simple five step plan. And um, the most transformative uh, uh, things that we've seen happen both in our in the sort of umbra infrastructure our own team because I'm very conscious that this starts with you know the culture that I'm creating within the business um, but we had a little five five step plan um, to, to sort of really try to almost sort of um, calibrate this in some way or measure it in some way um, and uh, so so for us it's this first idea that um, you know really kind of uh, even if it's downloading the Calm app or Headspace app, that, that this is something that is a, a sort of a first point where we wouldn't even talk to a client unless we had an understanding of where they were at in terms of how they felt about uh, downtime, how they were getting their downtime. Because we do see a lot of people coming to us in, in really high stress moments. Um, and we can tell the difference between someone that is actually taking on board and empowered with their own sense of, of feeling safe. Um, we've also, within our team, um, undertaking the mental health first aid in course, because I think, again, understanding where we can see issues with each other 
uh, enables us to, to understand more about where we sit with our own feeling of safety. Um, becoming a good online citizen. I mean, I, I was guilty of it right at the start, particularly of lockdown. Uh, you know, Twitter, 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 social media, social media. And actually, if you're going to engage with it, yeah, I know, I'm in. Um, uh, then be a good online citizen. The, the, the positive feedback loop from that, if you are going to spend time and limit your time, have the, have the flashes that come up saying, you know, you've been on Instagram for 40 minutes, even if you stay on for another 40, but at least you've then got an understanding that you know, leave something positive behind you know don't engage don't don't sort of feel like you have to call out bad behavior but if you do that just there's a there's a bit of faceless anxiety that we can all take ourselves mm. away from in terms of hanging out too much online um really good things uh quick quick wins that particularly when we're doing a, a sort of secure lifestyle audit for clients because we'll sit and we'll, we'll listen and hear what 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 kind of life that, that they're they're wanting to achieve things like password hygiene we call it you know changing passwords in the context of what i've just said sounds very kind of clinical but actually i even i forget you know every three months three yeah. random small words a number a character everybody today if there's one thing you do from this change your passwords um make mm. them really robust because it's again that feeling of, of and, and the amount of clients who we won't even then do anything in terms of sort of a commercial project with who simply need to feel that they're, that they're able to communicate safely and uh, that they've got that within their power. That's a really important one. Um, and yeah, just, just this avoiding too much news. And I think in the context of what, uh, what you're going through in, in Nigeria at the moment, I think there's, there's, there's a, hmm. why is this relevant to security? You know, you'll, you'll, you'll be asking it actually, this is, this is the fundamental sort of point of all of this that it's actually within us all what we are delivering and what the security industry in all of its brilliant formats is delivering is only as good as how you want to receive it so um this this is our big kind of our, our big uh uh push and particularly it's all landed for us during lockdown when the world's gone online because mm -hmm. we all have this this power to be really good to ourselves and and as a result really good to each other which it's it's a good time to be talking about this when the world seems to be sort of imploding and fighting itself. Mm. I, I don't know if point. I even answered your question, but I think yes, that's I think you did. <laughs> flying the flag. I love your point about being a good online citizen. I mean, I know that with all that's been going on in Nigeria, for instance, you know, there's this tension between wanting to be kept informed, mm. to know how to plan your life and be safe. And also, like, essentially terrorizing and terrifying yourself with all this negative news. So, yeah, I need to I need to be more mindful about that, definitely. And you work with a range of families. What are the main issues you think families need to be thinking about as they're setting up their next gens for success? Education, education, education. Um, I, I think... The, the the fact that security is multifaceted some of the best conversations that we have is where from an early stage there's ownership across the generations of the story of transparency around where that story could go and certainly in these difficult times and avoiding this idea of the gilded cage as a construct so too much protection too much unrealistic expectation too much padding around reality but also a sense of reality within the chaos of what's happening at the moment um so a, a lot of the the sort of conversations we're having at the moment are based on 
education where that is actually physically going to be in, in terms of, sort of the younger younger um, uh, children uh, because I think we've we've had a shift in where people are physically located people are not moving around as they were before and that has an impact then on a sense of well like, you know why why would I want to be in a schooling environment away from my family I don't necessarily feel as safe um, so for for us we've seen a, a we're working with a lot of our education specialists to really kind of unpack that and really understand it, what this is going to mean what, what this last nine let's call it 12 months of shift is going to mean what kind of extra support or empowerment are the younger generations going to need as a result of this and going back to this idea of the petri dish you know we, we're learning as we go as well we're using traditional techniques and uh, reaching to the traditional parts of say the security industry but we're also able to look at all of the plethora of specialists that we can bring in like a formula one crack team you know uh, you come into a pit stop this is just an extended pit stop we've all had to sort of say right how do we want to do the next laps do we even want to be doing this in this way do we want to completely change the engine and i think this is a really good opportunity for for our younger clients who we love working with because they've got They've got a, a, a platform now to have an opinion and an opinion that is just as legit as anybody else's opinion, because they're the ones that are going to have to manage this. They're the ones that are going to inherit this earth, this planet, the, 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 all the issues around how sustainable life is and was before. Um, so, again, you know, moving sort of slightly away from the kind of word security, but um, it, it's definitely... The younger I can have conversations and my team can have conversations, even as young as, as sort of being cerebral about those choices around education, the better, because we can then, it, it can be a secure lifestyle discussion and not a solution. We don't want to come into people's lives and make things go away because I, I don't think there's any learning from that. Um, so I, I think I think there's, there's a... a uh, a sort of I'll call it the petri dish so perhaps come back and ask me in another six months we'll have even more learning from this time of, of of disruption and from disruption comes innovation as well so learning about what we can do at distance but learning where we do actually fundamentally need human contact I think that's going to be something that's going to feed into our services in the future and and, and bearing in mind we're learning from our clients as well it's not a you know we're not delivering a service to we're working in partnership with so it's it's really really interesting times but i would say education um and and the sort of understanding that i like having conversations where i'm challenged by clients because uh, like in the way that uh, one would do if uh, one was googling uh, your, your your symptoms before going to uh, a doctor you know it's quite interesting when people come up with ways and solutions and products and particularly around secure tech i think that's going to be something that um, we're going to see a, 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 a rise in the, the understanding that clients have about their own sense of online safety and a democratization of the Internet, which is going to mean that there are more risks, but, but that there is more opportunity to come up with the solutions together as a partnership. So I'm really excited that the, the younger the client, the, the more excited we are to, uh, to, to work with them. Amazing. And indeed, it's been a crazy decade, the year mm. of 2020, you know, with COVID and all sorts of geopolitical tensions. What has this meant for your work and what have been the main security challenges that you've seen during this time? I think picking back up from what I was just saying, I mean, the world went online for us in from, from a UK perspective, 
Friday the 13th of March, I think, will always be for me the day where, you know, it's an auspicious date in itself. Um, but uh, was the day where, you know, what what can we do online? And, I, and if you are looking at any sort of risk or threat, um, that also presented a huge opportunity. So I think for, for us, what we've seen is uh, an amplification of people needing to feel safe online, uh, their IT safety, IT security, what we could do at distance, what we could do you know, not even anywhere near client site and how much more international our work was able to be as a result of that. Um, uh, the, the, the looking up, the sort of, uh, when, when I was um, in France in the summer, uh, this, this word confinement, which uh, it just struck me that uh, the world has self-locked up. Uh, we've had to sort of uh, stay at home uh, and the messages here in the UK stay at home save lives there's a certain um uh there's a, there's an impact that that will have what we haven't seen yet and and that's not to be a, a scaremonger that's going back to my proactive preemptive let's all get really good at noticing the vital signs and getting really mentally resilient um keeping our mental fitness at the fore um because I think we, we have definitely seen uh, a sort of the struggles that we've all had and I think when that's amplified by any sort of wealth or profile you know there's there's different and, and, and additional concerns um so i think the the mental challenges and also i think the physical location you know we're not we're not used to having to navigate 60 pages of government guidelines to work out whether we can go to cyprus for four days you know it's just not that's not how as an almost 42 year old you know that that's not the life that i thought that we were going to live but um what we've been saying to clients is let's work with you to be glass half full. So let's use the challenges. And, and if we can only meet in groups of six, let's have a great time with a group of six and actually talk to each other in a way that you wouldn't if you were in a room of 30 people. Um, you know, you can't perhaps go to X place that you go to every year, but maybe at Christmas, you might want to go to Y place that you have never been before. So for, for us, I think it's, it's um, going to different places is always going to have an impact on uh, you know the, the level of risk because it's not what you used to do but I think mm. there's an opportunity with that as well which combined with the world going online let's let's look at what we can learn from it what mm. are the things that you don't have to do anymore what, where is the reduced carbon footprint kind of thumbs up approach um, so we're really trying to and from my own uh, experience with my own team as well really kind of Focus on what we can do, not on what we can't. And the distillation mm. of that within security is uh, a really trying to keep a positive mindset as to mm. what this has enabled us to do. We, we've got a better grip of, of our cyber hygiene having been at home and having tested systems now that we perhaps wouldn't have had time to test in if this hadn't happened. So the, the pause and reflection I know has come at huge, huge cost for the world and the chasms are deep. But I think what we're trying to, to, to say is, that the challenges we've all faced are things that we can move forward from this, whether it's a 12 or 24 month uh, digging deep that we all have to, 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 to adopt that, that mentality, that mental fitness for. Um, but I think, and getting to know our clients better, that has been the single most positive, if there is, of this whole time. You know, never have mm. my clients been sitting in gardens and, and sitting rooms and having the time to, to talk. We love talking to clients, whether it's about a football team that's won or, a, you know, a, a child that's passed an exam virtually. 
um, you know, that is, I think, one of the things that we're trying to take from this, that we've had time to actually connect back with clients on a more meaningful uh, level. So therefore, get to know more about a sort of how to move forward together. Mm. I mean, yeah, your answer is just so apt. Like 2020 has been a year of being really on top of our mental health, being able to reframe this horrible, you know, pandemic into something positive and really seeking for new ways in which we can foster connection, whether it's existing connections or new connections, because at the end of the day, we are a collective humanity. So I love the fact that you spoke about how you take time to actually connect with your clients, not necessarily on matters of, you know, the the engagement, but, you know, um, how their kids are doing, you know, football, just life as humans. It's really, really important. And last question, you work all around the globe. Do you see issues and challenges for your clients according to, you know, do you think their issues vary according to where they live or are the issues quite common across and universal? I think if we're talking kind of geopolitical, um, we've, we're all facing different uh, uh, moments of history um, you know, in the run up to elections, uh, you know, massive sort of issues around um uh, people coming together both in a in a in a positive and also in a representative sense and all the issues that can happen when large groups of people are coming together during a pandemic and expressing whatever views that they have um we, we have all now had experience of that in any jurisdiction that we work across there is deep seated issue from a, from a geopolitical perspective um I think that there, there are there are slight nuances. I think for me, I'm a bit of a sunflower. Um, so those clients that have been, uh, you know, in in uh, in the winter or the versus the summer, um, uh, I think that's that's particularly having an impact on on some of my uh, more European clients. Looking at uh, what what's going to happen during the winter and that sort of keeping that sort of positive mindset when the sun's not around. And yeah, I, I I I don't mention that. In, in, in any lightness at all, because I think we we are uh, all united by the fact that there are the sort of simple things, the day, the night, the sort of changing of the seasons and those things that can really impact and, and deciding where one wants to be during the next six months. You know, that's something that definitely uh, there's, there's a uniting of, of some of my clients who may not want to be in a grey you know, Yorkshire estate and may want to be in Palmer. Um, so I think, I think, the, the 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 problems are universal. It's, I, I will maintain this is a time where it could actually bring us all so much more together because there's a collective experience. Um, but in terms of clients and difficulties and obstacles, um, I think we're all we're all in it together. And and even as a community that works around our client base, it's been a, a great time to come together, pool understanding really go deep on uh, getting to know each other and how we all work in our silos can we can we get a bit more understanding of how our, our colleagues in finance work you know I, I think that there's a there's a lot of things that um, our clients will, will say that we tried to help them to understand and a bit of connection that was made during this time um, but I, I think the issues are still ongoing and it's weird talking about something when you're in it um, because I almost want to be yeah. saying what we've learned and now we're moving through. I think that's that's the big challenge for everybody mm. is where mm. is where are we within a t- certain time frame? Um, how 
Does that impact on uh, what's going to happen next? Um, and as I say, I think if you if you wanted any prediction of asking me in, in, in six months time, I think it will be a location based question. Um, mm. So how did you face the challenges will be the sum of the part of where were you, who you were with and who did you connect with? Um, and that is then you know, even drawing it back to security, which feels like a mi- million miles away from what, what we're discussing. But that's the sort of outcome that would be for me as a leader of my organization and as a, somebody who loves what, what we do and loves the clients we work with. Wouldn't it be great to emerge from this with a company that has actually, in some small part, helped to really sort of shine a light on the things that were positive? Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that we can actually all come together to get through this um, and, and my goodness imagine if we didn't have zoom and you know the sort of the connectivity it's not the same it's not it's not the same as me t- you know being in 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 a a, a london uh, uh scenario with you and having a coffee um, mm-hmm. but it's the next best thing and you know we, we can have a chat and, and talk through things that we're dealing with in our collective countries but it's kind of one and the same. So I think, yeah. uh, long, long answer to, to your question, I think this has made us much more connected. And I yeah. think th- this idea that we're all trying to kind of battle with this sort of rift of all breaking breaking up into small groups, actually, ironically, we'll, we'll all end up with this collective experience at the end of this, having a sense of what did we do during this time? And if you can keep focusing on that, like what are the things that whether it's one thing a day, one thing a month, one thing a week, that you can hang your hat on and say, you know, I did a 6K PB this morning. I mean, if anyone knows me, I'm, I'm not a runner. Um, <laughs> you know, but my goodness, if that's one good thing that I've done this week, then I'll hang my hat on that. So um, mm. being able to have positive conversations, uh, I think is, is that there's an international language now of having gone through this together. It's been mm. a collective experience. And mm. certainly some of the relationships that, that have deepened for me during as a result of this both personally and professionally I'm I'll I'll always be grateful of so uh, I think with a surname like Bright as well you know it's it's one of those sort of things it's like I've got to look on the positive (laughs) side you know (laughs) (laughs) amazing I've learned so much from you Kate if anyone wants to get in touch with you how best can they reach you so um, I'm I'm openly accessible on uh, formats like LinkedIn but um, the website has got all our contact details on it so uh, yeah Awesome. So we'll, we'll include the your website in the show notes so anyone can can come onto your website easily. I've awesome. got a question for you if you've got time. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Um, yep. Just a quickie. Um, so um, obviously really interested in the work that you do. Um, mm. And I just wanted to just even if snapshot or even just, you know, a kind of brain dump of, um, what you think it would mean culturally to to have a sort of secure lifestyle? You you're, you're as a country going through such a kind of a big moment. It feels and does anything that I've said in terms of those top line kind of secure lifestyle issues resonate at all? Sorry, Kate, my internet went crazy. I just, oh no problem. Can you repeat your question? Yeah, no, I just just really fascinated about the work that you do um, with African families, and it, I, th- I think for for me here in London, it would just be great to hear what you think culturally um this idea of secure lifestyle means does it does it resonate with you and do you think it's something that uh that having talked through this today that is something that um that would be a useful construct in terms of your day-to-day work definitely i mean a summary of everything you said uh, i see it as 
being very self-aware in terms of one's emotional and mental state, being aware of you know, security concerns with technology, being aware in terms of security concerns with people. And there's a place for that over here. I think as African family businesses, there's a tendency to focus on the things we have to do in the business because we face very difficult business environments and the impact of COVID has been quite harsh. And there's a tendency to neglect the emotional side. There's a tendency to neglect security. There's a tendency to focus on, you know, chasing revenue, reducing costs, firefighting, and really thinking about risk management. So there's a huge avenue and opportunity to really infuse more of a secure lifestyle for African families so we can really protect the future um, our future wealth, our future businesses, our future generations. Yeah. Wonderful. Awesome. Thank you so much for having Thank me. Thank you so much, Kate. Yeah, it's been really fun. We'll do this again. <laughs> yes. I really, really loved that conversation with Kate. And again, I just can't shift it from my mind. My greatest takeaway is inner peace, peace of mind. That's essentially the whole objective of security, whether it be external security or inner emotional security, is to have peace of mind. And I came across this quote by J. Donald Walters, where he said, you will find peace not by trying to escape your problems, but by confronting them courageously. You will find peace, not in denial, but in victory. And I love it. It's quite a confrontational quote, (laughs) because um, in moments of difficulty, um, it, it can be quite easy to run away from problems, escape them and deny them. But Joe Donald is reminding us that that's not the way we find our peace. We have to confront our problems courageously. We don't run towards vices. We don't run towards excess activity activity and good things, I would know. (laughs) So from the outside, it could appear that one is beasting it, one is doing so well, one is under control, but one could be running away from problems and issues, running towards activity. I think it's really important that we become very self-aware in these turbulent times. So we really work actively um, in finding peace. As I leave you, I wish you an abundance of peace and joy in these turbulent times. May your peace and joy not be taken from you. God bless you. Take care.